Shalom. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I am Shmuley Yanklowitz, President and Dean of Valley Beit Midrash. Here at VBM, we strive to bring you only the highest quality of Jewish learning. Bringing pluralistic and innovative Jewish programming to the Jewish community that craves substance and insight is our passion. But we cannot do it alone. To support our endeavors, please consider donating a tax-deductible contribution to our organization. By doing so, you will be supporting meaningful Jewish educational content, funding the next generation of leaders, as well as furthering Jewish wisdom to people all over the country and all over the world. Please visit www.valleybatemadrash.org. Thank you so much and enjoy the program. It is an honor and delight to be here with Rabbi Baruch Gartner from the holy city of Yerushalayim and uh, in Jerusalem, who opened up the first English-speaking uh, yeshiva catering to young men looking for a Hasidic spirited environment called Yeshivas Derech HaMelech, and he recently wrote a book called Living Alive. So Rabbi Gartner, thank you so much for taking time to talk. My pleasure, my pleasure. So to start off here, this book, Living Aligned, um, what does that phrase, what does that, that idea mean? Well, um, on my desk at all times is a copy of another book written many years ago, the Ramak, who wrote a book about aligning with divine attributes. So Hashem is ultimately the most benevolent being that there is, and he wants to give. But in order to get that, we have to align with him. That's the secret of Kabbalah. Kabbalah, the deep connotation of the word Kabbalah, doesn't just mean to receive. It means, it, the deep connotation of it means in order to receive, you have to mirror. We're trying to mirror Hashem. The name Adam, man, is Adama Le'elyon. We're mirroring God, his attributes, his deeds. And... Uh, in order to live life the way it's supposed to be lived, you have to live aligned. And that's what I do. I help try and pe- get people aligned with the truth essence of who they are. Mm. Each person has his own truth, but there's also cosmic truth. I so, love that. I love that. Okay, so part of this, um, of halakhta, of halakhta badrachav, that we emulate God's midot. God's say, say it in English. Okay, what does it yeah, mean? That we, yeah, that we follow, we walk in God's ways. And I love that you brought the Ramak, Tomer Devorah, because it's kind of a merger of Musr and Hasidus, it's of like character development and... Don't forget, it's pre-Musr. Yes. Pre-Musr, pre- good point. Yes, good point. It's a very interesting thing because it reads like, you know, it's really the root of... Uh, he he so, really was an innovative thinker. Very innovative, very innovative. And so... Um, uh, so and so, the part of Ratzon Hashem, the will of God, part of that is a p- process of Talmud Torah. We learn Torah, we learn about Ratzon Hashem, but then you talk about our own truth. What is the process of the, to discovery of one's own mission that a Kodesh Baruch has given us? Well, uh, part of it is learning Torah because a large uh, part of what we think is our will is really just an illusion. So in order for us to really get in touch with who we are, we have to, it's a two-step process. We have, or, and it's two steps at the same time going on at the whole, all the time. We have to be uh, sensitive to who we are 
and we have to same time be grounded in knowing what the will of Hashem is. So uh, you have to do both. A lot of times people do one or the other. They don't do both together. We need both, for Beautiful. sure. Beautiful. So what happens when we see a misalignment? We see a misalignment. We, we see in ourselves something that doesn't totally line up. How do we hold on to our uniqueness, but great also question. have a tikkun, have a repair? A great question. <clears throat> a lot of times uh, the, we don't recognize that the Torah has many facets to it. For instance, uh, we're talking to an audience from America. Well, there's, a, there's an American way to be Jewish. You don't have to uh, just look in books that are written hundreds of years ago and say, I have to grow a long beard and, and peyote. Uh, a person can express his connection with Hashem in infinite ways. And that's the idea that, and people don't realize that even when it comes to prayer, people don't realize that there's something called personal prayer. You can connect to Hashem in your own words. Oftentimes it's very difficult for people to connect with words that especially Hebrew. And a lot of times there's just too many words you approach uh, prayer and you see, wow, you gotta say everything and you just kind of shut down. Uh, the rabbis of blessed memory say a little bit with intention is better than a lot without intention. Mm -hmm. So I, even me, even me, actually skip parts of the davening in order to say things slower with more intention. So it's an aspect of each person finding his niche in and trying as hard as he can to align with Hashem and at the same time uh, be true to himself. Uh, and this is classic, you know, I'm, uh, a story just popped into my mind when I first became close with one of my teachers, the Holy Tzaddik of Maltel Zilber. So I noticed that he was very, very ascetic. And um, I had grown up in America and uh, I was very sport orientated. And, and now at the time I was a practicing scribe and I spent many, many hours hunched over letters. And in order to just keep my head above water, I used to swim. But um, I, I would go to a place that was pretty nice. And I went, I went to this Rebbe and with trepidation, I posed him the question, maybe this was not according to the Rebbe's will. After all, look, the Rebbe's so ascetic, you know, he's so austere and so thin and, and doesn't do anything for his body. And he looked at me and he said, um, what's wrong what's wrong wrong with exercise so i said well it's a very nice place he goes well how often do you go i said once a week so he said you could go every day now this was a man who literally i'm telling you does nothing for his body but he saw in, in me a person that uh, needs to exercise and and i really take pride in in exercise and and when i work with people counsel people i say it's it's the best drug and um, each person has to find his way of serving a chef. Very nice. So because we're approaching Shavuos next week, a holiday of Shavuot, how do, we, um, how do you understand the role of Ruach HaKodesh today, the role of revelation today? The sense that, okay, traditionally we look to Torah, we look to our texts to understand uh, uh, revelation of Harsinai, but then today we, we still want to receive 
We still oh. want to receive a Kodesh Baruch whose presence, wisdom. To what extent do you understand our, our capacity to, to receive? Great question. The, the, just a couple minutes ago, I was learning with a friend something from the Zohar, which is, uh, we just had Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai's Yortzeit. So I wanted to learn something in the Zohar. What did I pick? A part of the Zohar from this week's Parsha that literally is, will help people understand the idea of receiving the Torah. So what does Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai teach in Parsha's Baha? That the Jewish people actually have two names. They're called servants of Hashem, Avadai Haim, this is in this week's Parsha, and they're also called children of Hashem. Rabbi Shimon says, what's the difference of these two modes? A servant doesn't have the ability to ask questions. He just has to serve his master according to his needs and trust that he's going to be rewarded. On the other hand, there's a son who has privy to go into the treasures of the father, which is a metaphor for learning secrets of the Torah. And, um, and it's a, a whole different thing. A son has perceptions of his father. It's like a different headspace. Says Rabbi Shimon nevertheless, each person has to have both the crown, uh, and he says crown, the crown of an evet and the servant and the crown of a son. He has to incorporate them together. What does he mean? So Rabbi Nachman explains this idea that when it comes time for a person to actually do a mitzvah, let's say whatever it is, whether it's eating matzah or hearing a shofar, he has to actually cast away all of his wisdom and serve Hashem like a servant. And if he does that, then he becomes what's called a super son. What, why? Because since his father sees his great love for him, that he's willing to cast away all of his perceptions and roll in the mud for his father, something that even a servant wouldn't do. So Hashem gives to him even higher perceptions, which is the idea of prophecy. Meaning like this. This is all part of what's called Nasvenishma. What does it mean, Nasvenishma? I will do, and then I will hear. You're going to do before you understand? Exactly. That's the secret of the Jewish people. They did not understand. In fact, for everyone in the world, Hashem offered the Torah, and they said, how can I do that? That's against my nature. Uh, you don't understand. That's, that is the process of life, rising above nature. Nature is stamped in. You know, you're impatient, you get angry, you have fears. These are all natural things. This is all what's going on in the world. We're being tested right now. This, this, uh, this virus is making a lot of people afraid, and they should be afraid. That's a natural thing. But you have to understand that Hashem's behind everything. He wants you to rise above this. He wants you to change your nature. So therefore, He gave us a Torah. And the Torah is the divine will. And inside of each and every one of us, we have a soul. And that soul is hewed out of the supernal soul. My will, deep down inside, is to do the will of Hashem. But I got a nature. And the nature says, but wait a second. If you, work, if you take off a day of work, you won't have what to eat. No, you don't understand. 
is the seventh day, the sabbatical year, there's Moshe Rabbeinu. Who do you want to be? You want to live in the world of Paro and go to the University of Cairo, or you want to go out into the desert and receive the Torah with Moshe Rabbeinu? Baruch Hashem, the Jewish people are alive. We've been aligning with Hashem for many, many years. We're still here. We're prospering. We'll make it through this. All of our suffering that we suffer is because we're not aligned or because Hashem deemed it imperative that we do suffer. But Baruch Hashem, we have a Torah, and the Jewish people are alive. And so, you know, since you brought this up, uh, how, the pandemic, how do you understand the theology of the pandemic? In what way is something like this part of a divine plan? Of course, we can never perfectly know, but how do you grapple with, how do you make sense of this? Well, look, uh, it, you know, I have empathy for all the people who uh, had lost loved ones. And I personally uh, suffered financial difficulties because of this, people around me, especially here in Jerusalem. It, it is a terrible thing, but we believe with perfect faith that everything is from Hashem. And really, I see this as a fire drill. This is a fire drill. We have to understand, more than ever, we, have to, we saw with our own eyes that within a few days, the whole world changed, okay? We are in the hands of Hashem, only. Only Hashem can do this, and only Hashem can save us. We live in an illusion if we think that we can overcome anything that happens. Hashem is the master of the world. And I believe that he wants us to learn from this, that he is in control. And I think that that's the, the real message behind it all. Thank you. You, can Thank get, you can get confused. You can get drawn in to all the different schools of thought. You know, I'm making a joke, you know. You, you, could, you, could, you could get into the, the, the media or the conspiracy. The Democrats or the Republicans, the, the, you know, the, 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 the World Health Organizations or the home remedies, you know, like stay at home, go, go out, you know, like you could literally drive yourself crazy. Or you could say, listen, this is all orchestrated, not by conspiracy, but by Hashem. And he wants us to align with him, recognize that he's the master of the world. So just, just two more questions in the interest of time here. Uh, so one is you brought up the Rashbi. You, you brought up the Rashbi. I think a lot about the Rashbi and the cave and when he comes out and how he relates to society. And I wonder, like in thinking about our alignment, thinking about our, our work to, to, to be living aligned, um, how do you understand how we relate to the political realm, to the societal realm? In that, you know, there's those who say, just go learn Torah, remove yourself from society. And there are those who immerse themselves in society and politics and don't engage in Torah. But Torah is about all of life. And so how does our living aligned work in kind of a realm of purity when we're dealing with something relatively impure, such as something so messy? Uh, yeah, kind of yeah, 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 it's a, a, a sore spot, especially right now. Uh, especially you mentioned Rabbi Shimba Yochai. Look, you can't change the fact. The story is that, that Rabbi Shimba Yochai according to what's written in the Talmud, not the Zohar, in the Talmud, was very much against the Roman government. There were the rabbis that actually praised the Romans for building roads and bathhouses, 
said, no, you got to understand something. Everything they did, they did for themselves. And for that statement, just a statement, he ran away. So, you know, I don't, you know, we, 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 there's a big difference between the Jewish government and the Roman government. I'm not trying to equate it at all. But one thing that's clear is that Rishim Bar-Hai was not into the Roman government and because of that ran away. But it's very interesting though. His problem became his opportunity. Meaning, when he was being pursued for what he said, it looked disastrous, but, and he paid for it because after 13 years of being in a cave, he didn't look so good. And when his father-in-law saw him, he said, oh, hey, look, look at, look at you. You look terrible. He says, happy are you that you see me like this because it was there that I acquired my splendor. It was there that I learned the secrets of the Torah. It was there that I became Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. So everybody has to make their decision about how much they want to be in the world, how much they want to be in the world, how they want to be in the world. But, you know, uh, this is a big, big part of uh, the book, Living a Line, is that there's two trees. There's the tree of life and the tree of knowledge. These two trees were both in the Garden of Eden. It appeared as if God did not want Adam to eat from the tree of knowledge ever, but it's not true. According to the deepest secrets of Kabbalah, Hashem would have let Adam eat from the tree of knowledge. In fact, mm. why in the world did Adam eat from the tree of knowledge? One of the ideas is the secret is that Adam knew that going out in the world was part of the divine plan. Mm. And he couldn't understand why sitting in this garden was going to be the reason for his creation. Little did he know that Hashem would have let him eat from the tree of knowledge had he first aligned himself with the tree of life. Mm. And this was rectified by Yaakov many years later before he went out to start his family and earn a living, he buried himself in the house of learning before he went out. And this wow. is the paradigm. First, a person has to get a foundation of being clear, centered, understanding how to live, how to work, how to have, make a living, how to have children, how to get married, how to have children. You have to learn what is the will of Hashem? How do you live? And then after you bound yourself to the tree of life, then you can navigate in the tree of knowledge. These two trees represent two aspects of our life, the inner and the outer. If your inner is not aligned, whatever you do in the external is going to fall. All good, all good, all good, uh, even, even, even communism. There was a, a good intention, but if people aren't aligned, if they're not uh, rectify their egos, then all these individual egos become the collective ego, and ego is acronym EDGE GOD OUT. <laughs> I love that. So it's, you, you got to eat from Eitz Chaim before Eitz Adas. Uh, it's, 
you have even exactly. the tree of the tree in, incidentally of incidentally yeah I, I love this one in my name Baruch which means blessed is the same numerical value as Eitz Chaim the tree of life <laughs> very nice you know uh, very nice and I you know I would I would suggest uh, and I, I wonder if you agree that this is not only about our lifespan there's a stage of Eitz Chaim and then there's a stage of Eitz Chaim. it's every day every day we have to realign ourselves Right, 100%. And that is the secret of why in the morning we should, everyone should take time for himself. Prayer, exercise, learning, you know, all of the things that a person has to literally center himself before he goes out and does good things in the world. Yeah. God willing, everyone should do good things in the world. I mean, I mean. So, just a last question for you, um, and then to be continued. Um, tell us about your yeshiva. Why did you found this yeshiva? What's the, what's the well? Mission? First of all, the, the yeshiva is, is virtual. Is the yeshiva is virtual? Virtual okay. yeshiva, yeah. <laughs> Which is also the best from Hashem, because I uh, believe me. In two thousand and eight, when the, the financial crisis began, so that was it was a little bit hard to be the head of a yeshiva because part of having yeshiva means to to make sure it's funded and i guess i'm really happy right now that i have a yeshiva because it's not easy to 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 fund things when there's people unfortunately out of work and people that need a lot of help so it's the virtual yeshiva i right now i have students online i have a very big uh, uh facebook and whatsapp group and i also um counsel people privately so, um, but, it, and God willing, I'm waiting for the day that someone comes and puts the, the dollars on the table and we can start up again. Maybe somebody hearing this will, will step forward. But for right now, uh, the yeshiva was in existence for seven years and it produced some amazing, amazing uh, young men who are now uh, Torah leaders throughout the world, Baruch Hashem, a lot of amazing people. Um, and they were all kind of guys that had like a Hasidish and a Shama. They just had a, like a leaning towards uh, the teachings of the Baal Shem Tov. And for them, it was very difficult to be in an environment that was like straight. And um, they would come to me for Shabbos. And I um, basically went to my tzaddikim and said to them, that there are groups of boys that just are suffocating in, in their places and they need a place that's tailored for them. So we made it and it succeeded for, for years, but uh, financially became very difficult, especially in 2008. And right now it's virtual, waiting for the doors to open again. Okay, Shkoyach, thank you so much, Rabbi Baruch. And, uh, My pleasure. You should be successful in everything that you do also. I mean, I mean wishing you much hatzlacha and bracha. Call to you.